meaning to get just a hair bit. I've yeah. been meaning to get back into it, but to be honest, I barely had any time to make any type of content. I'm just like, summer's almost here. Summer's almost here. I'm gonna. The bad part is when you have free time, you can't think of anything. And I'm almost thought about just walking around because I've got my little, you know, phone and I freaking jot notes down into it and go, shit, this would be a funny idea. And I'm like, oh, that'd be a great TikTok. I remember when I have free time, I'm like, I'm supposed to do it? Oh, shit. I forgot. That would have been epic. Or I save a sound. I'm like, what the heck is going to do with this thing? Oh, my goodness. Since we're talking about TikToks and content creation, let's just start with that <laughs> portion first. <laughs> we're going to start with probably. Yeah, why not? It's no surprise that both me and you are. I don't want to say content creators because there's a whole lot of plethora of what that entails. But- we'll put it that way. Yeah, we're. Not yet, maybe. Not yet, maybe. Maybe. Depending on how the summer goes. Depending on how the summer goes, depending on how much my paycheck... Yeah. How much my paycheck may or may not look by the start of next school year, I may or may not have to do a spicy accountant page, maybe. Yeah. but I already got one set up on standby, so I secured my name. Damn, you work quick. (laughs) Oh, hey, last summer sucked. Yeah, it sucks to be broke during the summer. Oh shit, you're like, fuck, you got any more of that teacher money? Time to do the feet pics. <laughs> but yeah. That's it's sad that it's ever even an op that's not that has to be a thing for teachers to go, what do you do how where are you working this summer? Still boggles my mind. It is, and that's a whole entire conversation in itself. But it's it's a personal lives thing. There's don't make enough not to have a non-personal life. Really don't. When it comes and down to it, that personal <laughs> life is your outlet. You need that, especially in this job. It's and it's tough too, because okay, so like for me, before we came on air, I was mentioning that it's tough to have I don't want to say it's tough to have a personal life because everything in this day and age is just out there. So I'm not going to lie. I'm a teacher of a certain age, so I know how to use social media. I'm on social media. I post content there sometimes of all kinds of things that I do or even my personal pictures like this. At the time of this recording, I am just coming off of a weekend at the Coachella Arts and Music Festival in my hometown. So it's a lot of fun. But it sucks because of my job. I was like, okay, I need to be very careful of which videos and pictures I post because then I don't want parents to be like, why is there a half naked girl dancing on stage? I'm like, first of all, I was in the audience. I had no control over what the artist was wearing. That is what they decided to. More power to them. I thought you were going to be like, it was a wig and I needed the money. Oh, no. They asked me to get up on stage. Fine, I'm doing it. 20 bucks is 20 bucks. I don't care who you are. No, if you're in the area, that's me at Roshi's Bar in Palm Springs for the drag brunch. You can see me there as my alternative Florentina Fontaine. Go check me out, but not really. <laughs> Listen, shout out to drag queens. Support their art. Give them that money. <laughs> yeah, I got actually uh, a good friend of mine from high school. He's a good friend of mine. I just haven't talked to him forever. He he runs the whole drag scenario in Dallas, Texas. Retired, or he's not retired. He he did a small stint in the Air Force. We went to high school with. I went to high school with him. Male cheerleader, dude. We know he did my mom's makeup <laughs> for all the the proms and homecoming because my mom was a teacher, and so it was pretty funny. And he actually runs the whole thing. Kiana 
I A N A Lee out in Dallas Fort Worth. We the and he is jobbing it when it comes to it. But I was very surprised when I supported his. I, he did something, and I supported with him some with some just some verbal or uh, some typing encouragement. Dude, keep it up and badass. Uh, these guys were bear hunters. Listen, there are thirsty people everywhere, and for me personally, I. You know what? I'm not mad. I will acquire the tension, and I like the take that Gabriel Iglesias does. This is, honey, I have options. That's uh, like, you're not messing this up. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I told you, I think I mentioned it last time I was at, I went to Universal and I was a raptor pen and we were, there was a whole little baby raptor experience and it was really cool. And the guy who was you know, manipulating the, the little raptor puppet, so he was like, oh, look at the shoulders on this guy and who's a whole snack and he's like, oh, you better keep your eyes on him. And I'm like, I was kind of oblivious at the time and my wife said, that dude was hitting on you. I was like, oh, dang, but no. I didn't know that. Compliment, but hey, cool. Oh my goodness! I'm oblivious to half the stuff. She's like, "Girl's flirting with you," and I was like, "Was okay." <laughs> That's the thing is, anybody, all these like other people could do the flirting and all that, and I'm I'm seriously just oblivious to. It. She's like, she was like hardcore flirting. I was like, okay, that painted everybody. She's like, I will cut, I will cut somebody, and I was like, I want to know you will. I you have no reason to ever. <laughs> Oh my goodness, but yeah, those are always the interesting ones, but yeah, and that just goes back to everything. It sucks to have, it sucks to be, to have social media, it sucks to be a quote-unquote content creator, because there's no you privacy, are, there's you, no you privacy are a anymore. Content creator. You are, you know, oh, let's own that one right now. You are a content creator, just as I am. Yes, right? that Anybody is. Anybody who creates content, you're running this a discord that has way so many things that I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, Holy crud, all of these things. Which one do I go to? I do. You're a content creator. Face it. This, you have to be almost this day with, especially with these students. If you are not producing something and hell, even if, when you create an assignment, you're a content creator, you're just crappy at it because your content <laughs> is never appreciated by anybody. True. We put ourselves out there to do this. And you even mentioned it. I started thinking, as soon as you said it, you were like, it's hard to have a private life. It's actually harder to have a public life. Because whatever you do, you are recognized. I'm driving home today, and I had students waving at me in the, from their cars. Like, hey! And I'm like, you don't know what I don't look at my plates. But I was sitting out in front of my house one day just relaxing on the weekend. Students drive by my house. They're like, oh, I didn't know you lived there. I'm like, oh, crap. It's have a public life where you can go out and not be recognized. Because once you're recognized, you're not a human. You are yourself. I think I haven't hit that quite yet, only because I'm still within the newer stages of it. But at the same time, I'm just like, it's hard for me to want I have to pick and choose exactly what I post and what I promote and stuff like that only because, okay, so perfect example. So to anyone listening to this podcast, it is no surprise that I have a plethora of things going on sometimes on Twitch. I have lots of audio podcasts going on with lots of things I'm doing. And I also have social media for personal and quote unquote business stuff. So for me, so I'm a huge nerd. I play Dungeons and Dragons. That's just my thing. 
disclaimer, uh, it's going to get real nerdy here in a sec. But I'm playing on a Twitch stream recently. And so sometimes I'll go into the Twitch chat. I'll be taking a look. I'll be like, OK, who's commenting? And so everything is all kosher. And as the episode and as we're playing goes along, I see another comment from someone I don't know. I was like, OK, this is a new person, but all right, we'll see how it is. And then as soon as I see they type a message and I see the message, I go pale as a ghost because the comments just, yeah, that's Mr. L, my math teacher. I was just, he's awesome. I'm just like, holy shit. So then I'm like, on camera, I'm like playing it cool. But in my head, it's like that episode of SpongeBob where his brain and all his brain cells are like on fire and her just everything is a mess to begin with. You have <laughs> so I'm just like. I'm questioning. I was just like, for, I'm like, how did they find out about it? Because all my stuff is private. So what did they do to get access to it? Are they, do any of the other students know? Did they tell anybody? Did they tell their parents about this? Is, is this going to get back to my principal? I'm like, granted, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just playing Dungeons and Dragons. But even at that, I was just like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Because when I play, I'm a little more unfiltered. So, like, I'll curse a little bit more than I normally do. And... I was like, it's just theater. So we're like acting as we're playing this. But I'm like, oh, God, I'm like, if this gets back, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm like, what other profession that is out there that you have to think about that by your actions? Like you said, you were at a Coachella. If I were to go out to one of uh, the local concerts here, how I behaved would rapidly get back. If I were to let loose and go not completely free. A lot more, a lot relief. You have a couple, you're relaxed, you want to dance a little bit. Immediately, I guarantee somebody's got a video out there and it's going to get back. And especially as educators, you have to stop and go, how was this perceived by my peers, admin, principals, and parents? really puts a kibosh right on any type of just like that freedom to just go out and do anything. You go out to dinner, you have to worry about. You know, a couple summers ago, I worked as a bouncer uh, at a local adult establishment. Not spicy, just regular adult establishment. And I ran into other, ran into prince, my uh, former principal and former colleagues. And I was like, oh, okay, hey, I have no problem with that. They, they were, I was cool with them. They were cool with me. We don't have an issue. Words that we hear other people say, so, oh, did you see so-and-so out? Oh, my God, did you see so-and-so? Did you see so-and-so? I'm like, who was two flying rat? I'm working the door, and I had one of my kids' mothers up to me. And, oh, this isn't who I am. This isn't, this, I don't usually do this. I usually don't go out to drink at night. And I'm like, an adult at an adult establishment, you can you want but it's an idea that they have to to filter ourselves and i think that's the sad part of it all too it's just i'm like i'm a human being like i'm allowed to have a life outside of these four walls that i call my classroom and i think it harkens to the fact that for some reason and i never truly understood why Somehow teachers are like held to the standard of being like the beacon of society that they're supposed to be a certain way or act a certain way. 
I'm like, listen, I am 28 years old. I like to have a good time. I'm a huge nerd. I like wrestling. Like, I'm allowed to have things outside of it. I didn't sign up to be a role model for people. I'm going to do my best to help your child. But I'm also human. Allow me to enjoy my life. <laughs> I know you've seen this as well. Oh, what is it? We were supposed to have that life. But you ever seen the 1872 rules for teachers? Oh, my God. <laughs> this, this is how far it's going back. Let me go through these real quick. Teachers each day will fill lamps and clean chimneys. You know, classroom management. They mean all the schoolhouse. I'll give it that one. Okay, that's fine. Each teacher will bring a bucket of water and a scuttle of coal for the day's lessons. Get in their classroom management. Not everybody had a para or an assistant to help them. I'll give them okay. Pens carefully. You may whittle nibs to the individual tastes of the pupil. We're already differentiating. I'm saying. And teachers may take one evening each week for courting purposes or two evenings a week if they go to church regularly. All right. After 10 hours in school, the teacher may spend the remaining time reading the Bible or other good books. Yeah. Women teachers who marry or engage in unseemingly conduct will be dismissed. Yeah, don't worry about be married and a teacher. Gotcha. Apparently. Because they didn't, you know, make a difference between the two. Another one. Every teacher should lay aside from each pay a goodly sum of his earnings for his benefit during his declining years so that it had that he will not become a burden on society. I'm not going to pay you enough, but you also need to keep some of that to the side to make sure that you'll not be a burden in your latter years. It's a good one. Teacher who smokes, use liquor in any form, frequents pool or public halls, or gets shaved in a barbershop will give good reason to suspect his worth, intentions, integrity, and honesty. Teacher who performs his labor faithfully and without fault for five years will be given an increase of 25 cents per week in his pay, providing the Board of Education approves. Uh, pay raise is dictated to results. And you may ride in a buggy with a man if the man is your father or your brother. These are the uh, rules, 1872. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. 1872, they had those rules. This one, 1886, pretty much the same one. Oh, God. Oh, this is even better. Duty, wash windows and clean classroom with soap and water once a week. Cool, fine, whatever. Check out house daily. If old catalogs are available at the school board office. Okay. Apparel for wear in public at all times. For women, a bathing costume. For cycling. Heart slits to expose ankles. Ooh, verboten ankles. A bustle extension over 10 inches. Men were to wear detachable collars and necktie removed from shirt. Heart sleeves unlinked or rolled. Hair closely cropped unless bald or have disease of the scalp. You had to have long hair. Conduct. Cause for immediate dismissal. Cigarettes, using of spirits frequently of pool halls or public dance halls. Marriage or other unseemly behaviors by women teachers. Or, or 
joining any feminist movement such as the suffragettes. Jets, sorry, suffragettes. Oh, cannot read. Oh, aren't you glad things changed? <laughs> yes, I am so thrilled. <laughs> it's ridiculous because you even provided examples. Of those, yes, it's a little different in the modern landscape, but it's weird that a lot of those rules are technically still yes. in place. And I'm like, it is the year 2022. I'm like, what is happening where all these expectations are put on teachers? And I'm just like, I just want to enjoy life as a human being. I love what I do as a teacher, but I shouldn't be now. If I do some messed up stuff, that's one thing. But I'm like, let me. I would love to be illegal versus. Yeah, we know the difference. But the court of the public opinion is tomato tomato it's just like they'll crucify you for a lot of the same things even if they're on two different ends of the spectrum oh my gosh it's i mean it's it's ridiculous that that you even have to think about what you do in your the privacy either one of your own home or out in public when i'm outside my contract hours they should not give two apps about what we do the principal if it goes, oh, you got a, you saw one of my teachers? Oh, what were they doing? They were drinking? This? Okay, thanks. I do that. Well, if they were drinking during the school day, I would have problems with it. Go up, they're professional. And they do outsize, is brought into the school. Guess what? I wish we could get a principal. Uh, <laughs> Gary Brooksbrin would do that. Oh my goodness. It's tough. So as soon as that happened, I'm like, okay, my principal hasn't told me anything yet. So I don't know if I should go to, but then I'm like, no, I have to unfortunately go tell her this to assign a good faith because I'm like, if this gets back to her in any way, in any shape or form, I'm like, I am hosed. I am screwed because you're also not wanting to rat yourself out too. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want, yeah, to rat myself out. And I want to make a disclaimer. I love my principal. Like she goes to bat for us all the time and she supports us, which you would think most principals would. But that's not always the case. I've had an experience with a principal that wasn't really supportive of teachers, but that's for another time. So she'll go to bat for us and she'll defend us to parents or anything so long as we're in the right. So I appreciate that. So it's because that we have that rapport that I went to her. I'm like, listen, this is what happened. And. It's weird having to show your principal your extracurricular activities. So I just I showed her exactly what happened. And she's OK. I was like, that's it. And she's yeah. I was just like, what you do on your personal time is your personal time. And if a, the parent or a student come and tell me about it and she's just I'll be perfectly honest with you, it's none of their business. I'm like in my head, I'm like screaming of joy. I'm like, oh, my God, this is all I wanted to hear. And she says, now, if you do stuff that is very bad and it's very illegal, then I can't have your back. I'm like, oh, of course not. Like, I understand that part, but it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. But it was nice for the first time in my young five year teaching career to hear that. I was just like, cool. So as long because I I keep everything kosher anyways, like I'm very mindful of what I put out there. Only one, because I don't need to start arguments on the Internet because it's a waste of my energy and my time. 
But it was nice. It was like, okay, I don't have to walk on eggshells like I had to do with my last principal. And if things go out of hand. But it's just the fact of the matter of. I don't understand where parents get off when it turned to us. It's like, listen, I'm allowed to go out. I am allowed to have a good time. I'm allowed to live a life. Why is it that I can't? I was like, you can do that, but I can't. I was like, I don't care. I'm a teacher. I'm allowed to live my life. When did it say that because of the any actions I do that have zero effect? Does your kid still come to class? Worry about what your kid does on a daily versus what I do outside of school. Worry about what your kid does cool first. Which is a whole nother section we can get into, too. I'm just like, I am so frustrated with these kids, Mike. I really am. (laughs) Yes. How is it the apathy that comes from them? Where did this come? And I know my area, we're coming off of a hurricane and pandemic and quarantine. All these things coming up, but it just gets worse and worse every year. So... Thankfully, the apathy on my end of things isn't as bad, but I don't know if it's because I have younger kids since I teach middle school and it might be more prevalent in the high schoolers. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe. Probably but the one, senioritis and getting this end of the year. But yeah. Oh, my goodness. But this my biggest struggle. OK, so I'm going on a little rant right here. So I had this conversation with my rant, mother rant, not too up. long ago. But it still applies today because I'm still feeling the type of way. So the way that our school does middle school is that our students are divided into cohorts. Cohorts are not based on intelligence, but they're based on a plethora of things, as I'm learning this year. So, co- and it's a mixture of grades. So like, we have four cohorts. Number one is just sixth grade, and there's only about eight or nine. There's only eight or nine of them. Cohort two is a mix of sixth and seventh. Three is seventh and eighth, and then fourth is just pure eight. So it is such a stark difference. And I'm just like, that's to be expected because not every class period is the same. But what frustrates the hell out of me, and it's not just because we're getting to the end of the year, my biggest pet peeve with my students, and I don't care what nobody says, and I tell parents this all the time, I hate when... Students are so smart. They are very intelligent, but their work ethic sucks. Yes, yes. I'm, no, Too I'm like smart. To, they're they're smart enough that they don't have to do the work. Oh, I'm like, if you tried, you could succeed so much. You suck. And there's an <laughs> added to it too. I'm just they don't do the homework. They don't do the classwork. But because the way that everything is built in terms of what counts most, like percentage-wise, the grades, they ace their exams, their quizzes, and their tests, which counts for the most in their grade, and they still pass the class with a B or a C. I'm just like, I'm not out here to try to fail kids because that's not my job. But at the same time, it makes me upset. I'm just like, You don't do the homework and classwork, but I can't get mad at you because you're actually showing mastery because you're doing well. You can give me all the steps for this math quiz or this math test. You can verbally tell it to me. Why can't you translate it to homework and classwork? I don't even give that much. At least I don't think. Yes, that's 
I'm dealing with one of those today. I cannot get this one guy to anything. He will not do an ounce of formative work. He will barely do a summative, except that it's a, the formative summative is a 95.5. I that they ask that question, is this formative? I'm like, everything is summative unless I tell you otherwise. Most of it's formative, but I was like, the formative work? I was like, and I even tried to tell him, I was like, I create the wheel when it comes to this. I am going to pull from stuff that I have given you previously, and where I'm going to pull, especially on a content heavy. I don't make up new math formulas. I don't know why you guys sit there and, you know, do all the crazy, but that's you, because you're the math weirdos. But if I'm talking about a concept, I'm going to pull from that concept from my lecture. I'm not going to try to trick you up and fail you, because then I have to remediate. That's when I have to sit there and give it again and retest. No! I do extra work! If you do the formative, it comes easy. What won't they do? They won't do the formative, and it's frustrating. <laughs> you, it's like banging your head against the wall. I'm like, just do it. And I'm like, because I give information multiple. Now, the same information I do, we're supposed to do, is attempt to give it in multiple different ways, if you will. So I introduce the vocab and concepts to a Kim chart. Define it's pretty much definition and some type of memory clue. And I tell them it's like it's labeling the box. Your brain labeling the box, helping you pull from it. Then I go through the lesson, which is my lecture, and where I discuss it. It's a half guided discussion, half lecture. It's depending on the class, if they're going to give me anything back, then it's more of a lecture. If they won't, if they're going to sit there looking like a mouth breather. I'm going to have to be more lecture. But if I've got kids that are into it, they'll sit there and run with a guided discussion. But then I usually give an assignment after the lecture. It is tent reading where they're reading what we just went over and answering some basic questions on it. Within the lesson, they usually get the content at least three ways prior to me giving the view, which is I'm almost asking direct questions of this on the test. It's I'm about might as well just smack them with a baseball bat. To tell them this is content. Then we get to the test and they're like, I'm not learning this. Whoa! Oh my goodness, that. Okay. I have different problems for each different cohort, except for my cohort four, but that's because those are my Algebra One honor students. Like, it's more of me being the facilitator and then going and doing the work. And I'm just like, the kid. The other cohorts and the kids get mad at us middle school teachers because they're like, why is it that cohort four always doesn't get in trouble? I'm like, and I was honest with my sixth graders. I'm like, I'm going to tell you why. I don't play favorites, but I, but they make my job a whole lot easier. So that gets me out of getting in trouble. Be like, we heard you say that you favored this one. I'm like, no, I don't play favorites, but do they make my job easier? Yes. Yes, they do. And that's why they pretty much get away with a lot because they do the work and it's all great. But for the rest of you cohorts, here's my problem. Cohort three, which is seventh and eighth grade, is that work ethic, especially in the eighth graders. I'm like, listen, I know we only have six weeks of school left, but you got to finish strong here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. In that particular class, because I allow them to use notes on their quizzes and their tests. And so oh, it's open notes because I'm like, I'm not asking. I'm like, 
there's no way that an eighth grader is going to remember all these formulas off the top of your head. So I'm like, I'm not that mean. I'm not that evil of a math teacher because I've had some of those and those suck. But it frustrates the hell out of me as to when they're taking their quiz and they're like, how do I do this? And their notebooks are closed. I'm just like, open the notes. And then when I open it for them, half the time I see that it's like, where are the steps in these notes? We went over the steps. You just have the answers. How are you supposed to do this if you don't have the steps? And so this, I'm just like, it's ridiculous. Exactly. I gave uh, our last OP. I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw you guys a freaking penny here. I said, for the review, I'm going to give you an open note in an open book quiz. I'm going to give you time to do it on Friday. And if you do not do well in class, you will have time over the weekend to do it at home. Open note, open book. Oh, how many people tanked that quiz? Oh, I can believe it. <laughs> I'm just like... Exactly. I'm like, dude, the book's in front of you. Open it. Can we use any of our work? I said, is it notes? Did you write something down? Yes. Fine. You have written on about this. Utilize. They've gone home and Googled the answers. I still have ones that will not do it. It's the apathy that kills me on it. They want everything. And I understand that there's some kids that need assistance. They have become dependent. I don't know. I'm at a loss on that. Yeah. So that's my problem with my cohort three, which is seventh and eighth grade. And it sucks because. And I call my kids out. I'm like, quote unquote, and I put this in air quotes. Professional says you shouldn't belittle the kids. I'm like, no, I keep it real with my students. Like in my terms, be like, I get ghetto with them sometimes because I'm like, uh uh, so we gonna play those games today? Uh uh, we can't be having this. But I told them, I'm like, I told the eighth graders, I'm like, do you guys not get embarrassed that the seventh graders are showing you up here? And I'm just like, you guys are the leaders of middle school. This is your last year here before you go back to being at the bottom of the totem pole again in high school. <laughs> and so I tell them, I was just like, I know you may not care about this. But if I were in your position, I would be embarrassed that the seventh graders who are a year and some of them are two years younger than you and they're showing you up and they're doing better than you are. I'm like, that's a darn shame. I was and I apologize to my seventh graders. I'm like, you guys, I am so sorry about what is going on in this classroom because it's been a big problem. They're bored because they do their work. They get the content. They're very strong and I'm very impressed. And it just sucks because I want to do more challenging things. But I'm doing a lot already to differentiate as best as I can. I don't have the mental capacity to differentiate between my high achieving seventh graders and the eighth graders who I know can do it, but don't do the work. <laughs> That's, you know, and that's the problem we have with this. This is the first year they've given me uh, 10th and 11th graders. Usually supposed to be, I'm supposed to have an 11th grade uh, course, which is my curriculum. And more comprehension based. I have a lot of sophomores in the course. And have, so not only do I have to differentiate the juniors, but also the sophomores. So I've got even high flying sophomores 
aren't even up to the part of the low-level juniors comprehension. So we have to sit there and do this. Expect us to get this time to, to add that. And then on top of just your the neurotypical kids, you add your neurodivergence, your ESEs, your ESOLs. You're supposed to differentiate instruction for each child. And I think that's the tough thing, too. So, like, now I am, yes, I am the math weirdo. I will take that as my claim to fame. But if I'm being perfectly <laughs> honest, and thankfully my principal has my back, I differentiate as much as I can. But uh, all my classes know this. I, unless they have an IEP or some other education plan in place, every student gets the same curriculum and gets the same thing. Now, I differentiate for the students that I know have a plan or I know the parents have come to me in good faith and had a conversation with me. And you know what? When parents do that, I appreciate the hell out of it because I'm like, OK, you're doing you're what you can at home and I will do what I can. And I know you coming to talk to me a sign that you care about what's going on with your child. All I want is a response, everyone. So, parents, if you find this podcast, please respond to us so we don't have to send 50 million emails. and then. Tell you when you ask why is my child failing? I'm like, I sent you like four or five emails within the span of a month or so. Caveat that one real quick. I hate to piggyback. Mm-hmm. I hate to do the whole. Hey, can I piggyback on this one? But parents, if you happen to find this podcast, you do us one favor. Take your freaking email address, because I will tell you how many times I go to send a mass email out to the parents and students, and it goes all right to the students because we have their school email. But the parents, sexybeachbabe69 at yahoo.com, because, hey, parents, that's the email address you need to be utilizing. That's the one you give the school, but you don't monitor that anymore. What's a favor? Update your email address so we can reach you and you can see that little Johnny, little Susie, is getting ready to fail. And so when you go, whoa, why don't I know about this? Have you updated your information? When's the last time you looked at your kid? What's your parent portal? Do you? When's the last time you looked at your children's grade? I look at my kids' grade at least twice a week, at a minimum. I've got parents come to me. Why is my kid failing? What's your kid? Kid, tell you. Your first response to jump down my throat. Look at your child's report or his grade book because now everything's digital. We've got this thing so locked down for parents. Back in the day, we used to be able to get away with it. Oh, no, we don't have any homework. Bullshit. Guess what? That stuff's in the grade book waiting to be graded. It's sitting there pending right on the page. So when you can say you don't have any homework, really? What's this assignment here? Why is this showing missing? Why is this has a zero? Why is this is not turned in? You can oh see everything. It's, okay. Yeah, and... So, and every teacher is different. So like for me with my students, because I have a Google classroom for all my classes, but parents are allowed to see it too. Cause I have, I made one specifically for parents in those different classes. You can guardian all the parents into that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I have remind and all that stuff. But the point being is that I hate when parents are like, I don't know what's going on in your class. I'm just like, you can check the parent portal because all the lesson plans are there because my principal makes us do that. It's a pain in the ass, but I appreciate it because it's documentation that it's there. Number two, you have nope. access to the Google Classroom for parents, and I always make announcements and updates every single week. 
I also, your students know what's going on. And I've showed you this multiple times for those of you who showed up to back to school night. The week's agenda is posted at the beginning of each week of what we're doing the entire week when homework is due, when tests are due. You can <laughs> listen, I'm over prepared for everything, but that's because I do not want to leave any wiggle room for a parent to come in and say, I don't know anything and I don't have proof to back it up. But I'm like, here's all this evidence. Here's all these things I use. So what is your excuse? <laughs> the sad part is my kid's just lazy. And that's what and that goes back to why I'm frustrated with my cohort three. My eighth graders are so intelligent. They are so lazy and it makes me mad because I can't ding them because they I know they know how to work the system. They know if they score excellent on the test, their grade will be fine. And it makes me mad. I'm like, if you put that much effort into actually doing the minimum of the classwork and the homework I give to you as you do trying to figure a way to outsmart the system, like we would be fine. I love them to death. Like conversation wise, they're my funnest class to have because they like when we're taking notes, they'll always ask questions. And most of the time they relate to what's being taught. So like today, for example, I was teaching this cohort about simple interest because it's the last part of how to use a percent because you have to use the percent and all that stuff to find simple interest. So we had a nice like 10, 15 minute conversation during notes because they're asked, is that what, you know, student loans are for? And how does that work with interest? Because a lot of my my one of my seventh graders, her mom is still paying on her student loans. And but she's very smart. So she's aware of these things. And so I'm like, OK, let's talk about it. I love those things. And I love having these conversations with them because they're interested. I just need you to show me that same interest and give me the work ethic as much as you like to get the gift of gab. Yes. Once we get off topic, I can pretty much get off topic on almost about anything. And, they, and I think my certain classes know which topics they can get me on. Of course, I've got, I think it was my third period. They're like, so Mr. Ward, what do you think about the Star Wars? And I'm like, yeah, oh, okay, here we go. And I'm able to sit there and run that into ad nauseum, or they run into some history fact. And of course, as a history person, I will sit there and go off on a random tangent on something. Did you know World War I was technically started because of a turkey sandwich? And they know that because I mentioned something about it. They're like, what's well, this about a turkey sandwich? And I'm like, you see, the guy screwed up and he lost his way. And so he turns around and ended up having to go down the street. And he was sulking in there. He was thinking about finding a way to get it over with. It, 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 the whole nine yards. The next thing I know, I'm like, yep, that was 30 minutes. We got 15 minutes to cover like 16 slides. Let's go copy faster. Why are you writing so slow? Oh, my God. What? Keep the thing. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, my God. Worse than the... Uh, Wait, what are we doing? And they ask you exactly what you just told them. Oh, no. But this, they know this stuff to get us off topic. And guess what I just did? I <laughs> completely derailed. I got off topic ranting on this stuff real quick. Exactly. <laughs> we both did it to but, I did it to you. Good job. I'm, they're wearing off on me. It's, but, it's the kids. They know they're so smart, but yet so dumb in the same sense. I don't mean yes. that it's disrespectful to them. Mm -hmm. I got a kid. We're doing a group discussion thing. It's on a discussion board. I went full tech mode on this, and I was loving this assignment. And then I knew, I, 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 I saw how they're going to use it to cheat, but I was also using that. So it's like group work without groups. 
because they can see the discussion what everybody else writes and I'm like so my low levels are going to be a little doing it a little later they can see what everybody else wrote and go oh let me mimic and when I say mimic can copy and paste this one kid who copies and pastes an answer into a Google Doc or a Microsoft and then right clicks on all the big words and uses a, a thesaurus on it but the bad part is the words make no sense. The sentences. Is, oh, this is a big word for this other word here. Let me put this in where so it's not going to look like plagiarism. But I'm reading this and I'm going, that's a synonym, but it's not the correct usage of it. <laughs> and so, dude, I, let me find this. You rant for a second on this. I want to find this and read you what I wrote to this kid because I just... I sat there. I was like, "Dude, you got here. Hold on. You go rant." Oh my Sorry. goodness! All right, but no. So that's my biggest frustration with my cohort three, which is seventh and eighth grade. It's just the work ethic is not there. My poor seventh graders are bored in the sense that they're doing the work and they want to be challenged, but I can't because the eighth graders are holding them back, which is unfortunate. Which also worries me when they move to cohort four. But we'll talk about students of futures like at a later time. So now it's time to give my co I'm going to skip cohort two for now because they're my pain in the ass class. I love them to death, but they're the ones that drive me bonkers the most. So I'm going to skip them and come back to them. That's going to be the epic rant. So cohort one is my little sixth grade class. There's only seven of them. So I love them because sixth grade is such an interesting time for these kids because the Especially this group of sixth graders, they just say what's on their mind, no filter. And I'm, I appreciate it. My biggest frustration with them is the retention is horrible. Like, it's horrible. So, like, we're doing notes and then we get to the assignment. We just covered this five minutes ago or not even five minutes ago. Like today, we just covered something a minute ago. And the kid's like, how do we do this? Are you kidding me? I'm like, we just went over 10 examples of how to use this. What do you mean? How, what are we doing? Or how do we do this? Look at your freaking notes, kids. <laughs> the, ret the retention is horrible, Mike. And like at first I was I chalked it up. I'm like, OK, we're coming back from a pandemic. It was weird to be taught online. So like I knew there's going to be some gaps. But we're in the middle of May. And I can no longer in good faith use that as an excuse. I'm like, mm -mm. I'm like, we have been in school in person long enough. And half the stuff we're doing is not that difficult, in my opinion. It might it's new and it's challenging, but we're going to take it step by step. The retention is not there. And what frustrates me with this cohort is same thing with cohort three. But this is all sixth grade. I have one sixth grader and I feel bad for them because they do the work. They're very smart. They're very intelligent. The only thing that holds them back is because English is not their first language. She can communicate with me well enough in English, but I know it's difficult for some of the more complicated rules. But she communicates with me and I love her to death. And she's very smart and it just sucks because she's the only girl in that class. The rest of them are typical sixth grade boys. 
And I'm frustrated with them because I'm like, the retention is not there. I'm like, they're smart, but they're like, wait, it's like, poof, like a magic trick. It just escapes their mind. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> oh, so by the way, I found it. This is so I can caveat. Breaking oh, news. Yes, <laughs> yes, breaking news. This just in. So the question is, why did FDR pack or attempt to pack the Supreme Court? He was trying to, they just found out a bunch of New Deal stuff was unconstitutional. He wanted to pack the court to get a more favorable response. Simple enough, right? This is the student's response. FDR reliable to pack the Supreme Court caused he cherished to manage more efficient. The dispute, the standard of checks and balances, causes public pronounced that he was bothersome to counteract the Supreme Court and make ruling class antagonistic against New Deal. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Verbatim. That's, so my response to him. Leonasm and logo of, of your utilization of words. Excessive use of a modify other works might be assumed. In other words, don't just change words to try and make it sound better. Most of your sentence are incoherent. Reaccomplish. But, and that's what I tell these kids. Like you said before, you don't belittle or demean any of these kids or anything like that. But I will tell you right now. I will tell them straight up, don't play stupid. I'm better at it than you are. I'm like, so, listen, we have more skin and, in the game here. <laughs> we, they think that, we, I swear, they think that we just out of nowhere just became teachers and didn't have to go through life leading up to this point. We turned around and it's like, oh yeah, here, you're a teacher. You don't know any of these tricks. Like staring down at your crotch during a test, guess I know what you're looking at. Yeah, don't, when oh, I walk by and you're, tabbing real quick. Guess what? I'm aware of this. Copy and paste and the font on your answer is different depending on which portion of the text is there. And I'm like, I know you got, I did copy and paste. That's my words. I wrote that. I was like, no, you didn't. Said, your font's different. You've got bold in there where there shouldn't be a bold. What does this word mean? Dude, you got to work within your vocabulary or a C student at best. This is going through my mind. I would never tell a student this. But I'm like, you're a C student at best right now. For what you're showing, you're not writing at collegiate level, okay? I ever see the word aforementioned in high school writing, unless it's my handful of high flyers, I'm like, you copied that from somewhere. I know this. How did you know? because I can look in Google Docs and this is a great one is the fact is when I look in Google Docs and I look at version history and then all of a sudden out of nowhere your text just appears you know, it goes from started writing to thin. why do I think you copied and pasted from somewhere just guessing they think it's and at least in our day when we had to cheat we had to be sneaky the only reason I ever passed calculus was because I had a T9 calculator or T9 texting on a TI-85, it was a TI-85 Texas instrument, graphing calculator, and I used to hand, when I say handwrite, E9 texting my chemistry notes into the programs. I didn't write programs, but I would write my chemistry notes in there. Guess what? It's the only way I made a C. I wasn't even good at it. It was enough to squeak by on a C. <laughs> we had, we learned some stuff growing up. It's not like we, we were oblivious to this. Oh, I cheated. No, duh. Dude. I'm like, I, it's like cheating. I never did that in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no. 
Okay, I will make a disclaimer. I didn't really cheat in K through 12, but let me tell you that college was a different story. Not to say that I cheated. I just worked the system, especially when I had to write research papers. I was like, kids, you never quote Wikipedia, but to those most Wikipedia articles have actual links to actual scientific journals for those sources. So I'm like, bam, right there. <laughs> it's not cheap. That is just called sourcing. And then you were tracing the source back, verifying the information, and then utilization of original primary source. Perfectly fine. And that is legal. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier. I, okay, I have to. This is going to sound very bad, but I do need to give credit to these kids because these kids are very intelligent when it t in terms of being street smart in the sense that they look for every way and they look for the tips and tricks like that is something that I have to give kudos for only because at least it's giving them something in order to learn and they're doing it on their own and they're learning for it. I just need you to put that same energy into the academics yes. of things. They I try like, harder to get around work, actual work that they're trying to circumvent.